Coming up on Novell Open Audio, OpenSUSE 11.0 is released and it gets a facelift. Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm Randy Goddard. And I'm David Mayer. So Randy, it's June 19th and OpenSUSE 11.0 has just released. It's an exciting day. It's a very exciting day. This morning it released and we have an interview that we're going to listen to from Aaron interviewing Martin Lasark and Zonker. We're going to hear about a lot of new features. A new live CD, a complete retooling of the installer. And I've heard it looks really good. I've seen some reviews already, and it is loved. We also have a complete change to the package management system, which has also been getting great reviews. And I understand it's a lot faster. That's what I hear. Well, let's hear from Zonker and Martin. Let's roll the tape. Today on the phone, first we have Zonker. Zonker, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good. And also out of Germany, we have Martin Lesarch. Martin, good morning. Or afternoon, I suppose. Good afternoon, yeah. Uh, late, yeah. We're all getting together to talk about OpenSUSE 11 that just shipped, right? Yeah, right. Can we get a brief overview on what's in it, Martin? Oh, what's in it, yeah. It's always the same problem. Um, the fact is uh, we have a major version update now, so it's called OpenSUSE 11.0.0. is very important for us. We have so many new stuff in it. Uh, for me, the most important thing is the new package manager, which is pretty fast. It's the fastest manager we ever had included in the distribution. Oh, cool. Besides speed, is there any other major changes to the package manager? Um, yes, also the, the inclusion of, of all the online repositories is much better. Um, many people know already the one-click install, of course. It's also supported in uh, 11.0, and of course, it's also much faster. So maybe for an example, if you want to install a package on 10.3 and just start the installation of the package, you have to download the repository files, you have to update the dependencies and stuff like that. So it basically takes 60 seconds or something like that without installation of the package. So on 11.0, we have uh, two or three seconds. So you can see it's much, much faster. Oh, excellent. And is it just that it's faster to figure out all the dependencies and where it can grab it from and who's got the latest version? Actually, the, the, the whole background system has changed totally. So um, we put a lot of work in it. We have new, a new solver which works with database files and stuff like this. It's a totally new approach on, on package management. And we hope also other distribution may pick up this. And you know what? When I come out there next month, we'll sit down. We'll do a dedicated talk just on package manager and what's changed on it. It's definitely worth it, yeah. Martin, let's get right to the chase. What are the major versions of things that are going to be in OpenSUSE 11? So, of course, all versions are updated. So maybe most interesting is the new KDE version. We have KDE 4.0.4 included with a lot of updates from 4.1. So if you want to test out the latest KDE version, play with KDE 4, which is a brand new desktop, which is a totally new concept of working on the desktop, you can use the KDE version on OpenSUSE. Um, of course, we have also the latest GNOME version, which is 2.22. So if you like GNOME, of course, we have the latest version. And all other programs are also updated. Maybe worth mentioning is OpenOffice in the latest version 2.4.10. Uh, for example, in the presentation module, uh, you have no OpenGL 3D effects. Uh, so if you make slides and switch the slides, so it looks a little bit nicer and stuff like that. Latest kernel version, latest compiler version, everything latest. Excellent. What about virtualization? Um, we have uh, Xen, of course, included the latest version. We have VirtualBox. VirtualBox is pretty nice. So if you want, just want to test out the distribution, or install other operating system. In my opinion, uh, VirtualBox is really the easiest way to go. 
if you want to have speed, you want to make it on the server, then Xen is pretty nice. And for the first time, we have also KVM, which is directly included in the kernel. Uh, we have not also included in OpenSUSE 11.0. Oh, cool. What about big changes that we've done in this operating system? Besides including you know, the latest versions of things, the first thing that I noticed when I started to install OpenSUSE 11, like RC2, was the install was incredible. It was totally different than what I'd ever seen before. You don't like gray anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I really like the color. It just feels like more of a GUI-based install. Yeah, the install is totally different. I mean, if you know the installation, um, we didn't change it for eight years, I guess. So with 6.3, uh, we started with the graphical installation. And since then, you have the gray background, nothing changed. So in the 11.0, we have for the first time a more colorful installation. Uh, it looks a little bit snappier. It's faster. Um, we made this with uh, CSS, uh, you know, from web, um, the style. So you can make your own styles if you want. So you can really make your own installation um, with pictures, with styles, and stuff like that. So it's totally different. It's really the thing. When you see it as an older OpenSUSE user, it really blows me away. So the install is almost like themed with those cascading style sheets, you're saying? Exactly. And this is especially interesting if you want to make your own distributions, if you want to make OEM or stuff like that, then you can do it. For the first time, you have really the chance for it. So you have also the chance to make graphics in it and stuff like that. Before it was basically it was just a window with buttons and widgets and stuff like this, nothing more. And now we have the chance to make some style in it. Make it, For example, if you want to change the time zone you're living in, you have a world map and you can just click on the world map where you live and then change the time zone. So this is pretty easy, pretty straightforward for the user also. You know, there is one thing in the install that caught me off guard, though, <laughs> was when I was going through the install, it never asked me to reboot. Yeah, exactly. This is also pretty new. Um, for the first time, we're using uh, KXEC is the name of it. Um, so you don't have to reboot, make a warm reboot um, to to start the kernel. So you can start the kernel from the running system. That saves you probably 10, 15 seconds. And uh, the advantage is also you don't have to boot from DVD anymore. So if you reboot the first time, it will start the DVD again, and then you have to go to, to boot from hard disk. So you don't have to do that anymore. So it's much faster, and it's pretty good. The other thing, it's not really part of the install, but we also did come out with a live CD version, right? Right. We had it also for, for the latest last version, but what is new now, we don't have the single CD version anymore, uh, only for installation. So this time we have only the live uh, CD. That means you can uh, directly boot from the CD, you can play with the, with the desktop, with KDE or GNOME. Of course, we have both versions included. And you can also install directly from the desktop, which is pretty nice. So you can play with the desktop a little bit, make the installation, and work uh, with the desktop in the meantime. And what we have also for the first time, it's available as 64-bit. Everything is included you need for a basic system, with the desktop, of course. That means also with Firefox, with OpenOffice, with mail programs, everything is included. So would that be usable then also to take into like a computer store to test out to see how well supported a machine is going to be? Exactly. This is a pretty good idea. Just go to the store with a live CD and test uh, if the machine is running, yes. Cool. Okay. Joe, you had some comments earlier about the reason why install is important. Okay, so Aaron, one of the reasons the simplified install is really important is because we're trying to get Linux and OpenSUSE in front of a lot of users who have never installed an operating system. And so it's really important that they be able to do so as easily and quickly as possible. Previous installs have been functionally just fine, but include a lot more steps than a lot of users might have been ready to go through. 
to install an operating system. So the live CD and the simplified installer is going to make it a lot easier for users to get into OpenSUSE with a, a much lower scare factor. Cool. So just your average uh, user or maybe someone who's not really proficient at computers might feel a lot more comfortable running through this install. Exactly. I mean, if you think about the 98% of people that are using Windows in the world right now, most of them have never installed an operating system, right? Not even Windows. They bought a computer with Windows on it. They've used it. And for them to think about installing an operating system, it has to be really simple and easy to do. Right. And it's got to really lead them through it without asking too many questions that seem complicated and technical and things that they wouldn't know what the answer is anyway. Exactly. Hard drive partitioning, for example, is a very bad idea when you're talking to somebody who only associates drive partitions with, you know, C, D, and E. Sure. Also, it's important to note that the uh, second stage of the installation is gone entirely. So there's a whole series of steps that people don't have to ever see. So in the old install, when you ran through it, you know, halfway through, it rebooted. Are you talking about everything that reboot and beyond? Yeah. Okay. One of the reviewers that we've already had looking at the betas and release candidates, one of the things they noticed, when X configures itself, the screen blanks for a little while, uh, which is obviously something a lot of users aren't expecting. Uh, there's nothing we can do about the blink, but we have at least printed a don't panic message on the console that, so, so that when it happens, right after it happens, they get a don't panic, this is expected kind of message. Oh, cool. What are some of the other updates that I might know as a, just a kind of a casual user? Earlier, you mentioned something about the networking being updated. Network Manager. We're actually shipping 0.7 of Network Manager, which actually hasn't been officially released yet, but we've gone ahead and packaged it and put it in this release. Okay. It makes connecting to networks much, much easier. It's vastly improved over the Network Manager version that was in 10.3. And for users in the U.S., EVDO cards, in Europe and some parts of the U.S., UMTS, I think, Martin, is that correct? I never get the acronym right. Yeah, it's correct. It's in America. It's called 3G, I guess. Okay. Those cards, if you have, say, for example, I've got a Verizon EVDO card. I plug it in, and before you'd have to set up a WV dial script or do something, and even on Mac OS X, you have to go through this installer from Verizon and use this clunky dialer. On 11.0 with Network Manager.07, I plug the card in, I click on Network Manager, and it just says, do you want to auto-connect? And that's it. Oh, cool. Much, much simplified networking. One feature, which is first mentioned that you have now in Network Manager, you have multi-network support. Uh, maybe oh, yeah. not the official name, but you can uh, be connected with the wire and also connected uh, with wireless. So if you disconnect the, the wire, um, you're still connected, which is a pretty nice feature, especially if you work in an office. The main feature is really that you're connected at the same time to two networks. as was not possible before. How about updates to uh, Compass? Have we made major changes there? Yeah, of course, we have the latest Compass version included, so it's Compass Fusion. Um, you know there was a split between Compass and Barrel and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. now the two projects are back together. Yeah, Fusion's where all the Barrel stuff comes in, and it's, it's all one big happy family. Exactly, and this is a very good thing. And especially what I really, really like for KDE fans, um, I mean, we had some tools to enable Compass, to enable XGL and all this stuff. Um, but, I mean, you have to go to the command line, you have to restart your XO and all this stuff. So you don't want to do that. Uh, what we now have is a tool called Simple CCSM, uh, where just with one mouse click you can enable it. You don't have to restart the server, you don't have to log in as root, you just have it enabled. 
this is pretty pretty nice. It works on KDE. It works on GNOME, of course. And what is also new in Compass is um, that we use. Uh, there are two different things you can do with Compass when you want to support it. You can use the XGL and the AIGL server. So it's very technical, what whatever. But for the first time, we support both of them. And it uh, depends on the graphic cards you had, we do we use AIGL because it's a little bit faster on some graphics cards. So also there are a lot of improvements. And if you see at the screenshot what kind of plugins are now included, it's really incredible. Cool. So Zonker, I know a lot of times you're out there representing OpenSUSE at a lot of different community events. What do you have coming up this summer? So we have a couple of events coming up this summer. Uh, we'll be at uh, OSCON, of course. Um, we will have a .org booth at Linux World Expo, and we'll also have an OpenSUSE day at Linux World Expo on Wednesday. Um, we're going to be at the Utah Open Source Conference in August, towards the end of August. So there's some, you know, there's quite a bit of activity this summer, and we're going to be at pretty much every major show. We'll also have, I think, a community booth at uh, Lug Radio Live. Oh, cool. And I just heard a day or so ago that uh, community member Andrew Waffa is going to be giving a talk there. I'll be giving a talk at OSCON and on a community managers panel. Um, there's also uh, Frank Rigo and uh, Joseph Hill, I believe, from Novell are giving presentations at OSCON. So there's a lot of good stuff going on there. Okay, guys, where can people go out and actually get OpenSUSE 11? Pretty easy software, OpenSUSE.org. Um, just go there. It's a pretty simple selection if you want the DVD, CD, how do you want to download it. And uh, especially we have a lot of space on mirrors, so it's pretty fast to download. Of course, if you can't figure out where to download it, <laughs> your Google skills need some work. Yeah. And how about if people want to get involved in one of the projects? So if you want to get involved in the projects, all you have to do is go to the OpenSUSE wiki. And there's actually a link on the left-hand side that um, will take you to a page on how to participate in the community. And I want to note that there's a lot of areas where people can get involved and they don't necessarily have to be developers. We've started a marketing team, for example, and we're looking for people to help do a number of things from writing articles and participating and putting together the OpenSUSE Weekly News to helping on the wiki. Um, you know, the wiki is a great environment for collaboration and creating documentation and, and, and material, but it does require continuous, it's, it's like a garden, it requires continuous attention. Sure. Uh, it requires weeding, it requires planting, you know, it, it just it takes a lot of work to keep the wiki up to date, and we can always use people there. If you go to the uh, wiki, you can also find a URL with the meetings, the project meetings and the KDE and GNOME meetings that are held regularly. Those will uh, help people get involved if they want to be involved in those parts of the project. I know that a lot of people who are using OpenSUSE would like to contribute, and so I hope that they'll go and look and find ways to get involved. And finally, I want to mention the OpenSUSE Build Service 1.0 is just around the corner. Uh, we did the release candidate last week. With the OpenSUSE Build Service 1.0 release, it will enable people to more easily contribute code and patches directly. So it's really important for people to look at that, and it'll be, I think, for 11.1, we'll see a lot more development contributions from that. Great. Well, guys, thanks a lot for joining me today and talking about OpenSUSE 11. Thank you. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Users International, as well as Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community, so please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash openaudio. 
That's it for this time. Have a good one.